Tēnā tātou katoa e hui mai nei i tēnei ata. Ko Andrew toku ingoa, he kārahi ahau. Key Learns. So uh, greetings to all of you who have gathered here this morning. I'm Andrew, the, the Learns Field Trip Guide. And uh, haere mai, welcome to the Pakake New Zealand Sea Lions Virtual Field Trip Web Conference. Um, before we meet our guests and get underway with the questions, I would like to begin with a karakia. Unahia te pō, te pō whirimarama, tomakia te ao, te ao whatutangata, tātai ki runga, tātai ki raro, tātai ahorau. Humie, huie, daikie. So I would like to begin by welcoming our guest experts this morning. We have Rohina and Hana. So just um, be nice to just hear from you both to introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about the work you do or the work you do um, or have done related to Pakake, New Zealand Sea Lions. Rohina, would you like to start, please? Uh, kia ora, Andrew, and kia ora koutou katoa. Uh, it's great to see all your faces on the screen here, and thank you for coming along. Um, ko waiaho, who am I? Ko aura ki te mauka, ko waitaki te awa, ko araituru te waka, ko kaitahu te iwi. Ko rauhina Scott Whaiwhaho. Um, so I just said my, my mountain, my mauka is Auraki, um, my river is wait, um, Waitaki, and my iwi is Kaitahu. I live in Otipoti. Um, my name's Rohina, and I, um, first of all, I work in a library and archive, um, but I'm also a researcher. So I've done some research around Pakake and the Matauranga Māori about sea lions, about Pakake. But I'm also really lucky because I got to grow up. Um, with my dad, Jim Fife, who was working for Doc with sea lions. Um, so I got to go to beaches all the time and see sea lions and their pups as they were growing up. So I've kind of been immersed in that world of watching sea lions um, around Otipoti, around Dunedin. Kia ora, Rohina. And of course, you can um, watch the video where our experts introduce themselves um, via the field trip website. If you haven't done that already, check that out. Yeah, Rohina works at a fascinating place called Hocken Collections in Otipoti, Dunedin. Um, and we get a little sneak peek of that place in the video we do with her. That's the last video, the final video on that on the field trip website. Hana, Morena. Morena. Kia ora koutou, everyone. Ko Hana Um um, so the Baltic Sea is where I'm from. You might hear on my accent. I'm Scandinavian originally, um, but I've just did the math the other day uh, with my partner and have now lived a quarter of my life here, um, which feels quite, quite honorable. Um, I grew up with heaps of seals around, not sea lions, but seals. So in the Baltic Sea, we have gray seals and harbor seals, or as a kid was around pinnipeds quite a lot um, and moved to Utaputi. Um, some some years back and got to meet some amazing sea lions and all the amazing people that that work with them as well and that live amongst them um, and I've been a part of the sea lion trust so you won't really see me in the videos but you'll meet Mike um, so I'm kind of a stand-in Mike today <laughs> from the sea lion trust uh, and we'll do my best to kind of try and talk some of the party that you guys have put forward um, thank you so much for having me and thanks for showing up as well um, it's amazing to see you all Thanks, Hannah. Yeah, so um, 
that's right. You mentioned the Partai, the questions we have this morning. We can't have this web conference without them. And so I would like to extend a welcome to our speaking schools and our listening school this morning. Really great that you can join us. And uh, it's a real Te Waipaunamu fest this morning, isn't it? Because I think I'm the, I'm not sure where the homeschool is based, but um, all of you are in the South Island, Te Waipaunamu. So we've got Omako School, um, not too far from Wanaka, I know that, and Rye Valley Area School. Uh, that, and I know that's near Havelock and Polora Sound. So um, you're all in the sticks, aren't you, really? <laughs> so I'm up in Kirikiri, if you didn't know, in Te Pewharangi, the Bay of Islands. But what we're going to do now is kick off with your questions. But just before we did, I was just wondering if if any of the schools wanted to introduce themselves and talk a bit about any work they're doing related to Pakake New Zealand sea lions. Not compulsory. I'll just wait five or ten seconds to see if you did. Yep, um, we would at Rye Valley. Excellent. Kia ora, we are year seven and eight class at Rye Valley Area School in Malkra. We are learning about the Pakeke New Zealand sea lions as part of our ecology and science. Awesome. Thanks very much. Okay, so well let's start then with our question. So let's start with um with Rye Valley, and can we have your first question, please? Hello, my name is Zipwin, and my question is how has the changing environment of the beach use affected the punk cake? Did you hear that one okay? Yeah, so we've got um, something to do with changing environment and how that might be affecting pākake. So that's yeah. a question. Because it can mean a lot of different things when it comes to a changing environment. Well, kia ora, I might take this one. Um, so um, thank you for your question. Um, yeah, so I think your question was, how is the changing environment um, affecting the pakaki? Is that right? Yeah. Um, so th that's a, a, a wonderful question. And... Um, so a little bit of history of the sea lions. We used to have sea lions all around the New Zealand coast, and then they disappeared from the coast because they were killed out um, when sealing when the sealers were here, uh, and they were no longer on the mainland New Zealand coast. So I guess that was a change in environment. Humans coming along and um, making the place not safe for them anymore. But there was a population that survived uh, down in the sub-Antarctic islands, um, which are south of, of Aotearoa uh, in, the, in the big sea down as you're going towards Antarctica. Um, and so they, there was a population there. And unfortunately, because of climate change, because of diseases, um, because of human impacts as well, so fishing and things like that in the places that are actually in a really steep decline. And what that means is that, um, um, not as many in the videos, the population on the mainland is growing again. Um, but the the change the change in our our world temperatures are meaning that um, sea temperatures are heating up, the food sources are changing and there's more disease around. So it's, um, yeah, there are quite a few things that are impacting on on sea lions, their habitat and what they're able to eat. Do you want to add anything, Hannah? Hannah? 
Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that, that's great. That kind of encapsulates all of it. It's very holistic. It's awesome. Um, I'm thinking a, a thing as well that, that a lot of us don't really realize is that um, as more and more humans have kind of settled around Aotearoa, around the coastlines, um, a lot of people like to have those beachfront properties mm -hmm. that sits right in the front. Um, so, so the fact that we're building and building more and more um, on the coastlines is actually also meaning that we're also taking away some of those places that they would normally go and breed and, and settle. Um, so, so effects that we're seeing right now um, around, um, especially Otapoti, is that a lot of the a lot of the mums the, when they're giving um, birth to the pups, they actually go into people's backyards because that's kind of the area that they need to be. They need to be a bit away from the big males. Um, so we're getting a lot of um, we call it um, urban interactions. It just means that there's a lot of city folks um, that get to see sea lions up really close because we've developed in the areas that they used to be. Thanks very much. Um, actually, just you just reminded me too. Talking about different environments, I saw that news article recently with your father Jim about the sea lion that was found sixty odd kilometers inland, which is which is quite amazing. Um, yeah, so that's a great first question to get us started with. Uh, so let's go to Omiko School, please, and um, have your first question. Kilda, my name is River, and my question is why sea lions are endangered. Hannah, did you want to take this first, or shall I? Oh, I can. Yeah, I can grab this one. Kilda, Kilda um, River, um, thank you for the question. Um, so yeah, there's Lohena kind of touched on it before. There's many different um, reasons why they are endangered. The main reason was that they were hunted away from the mainland, and they kind of pushed them down south in the subantarctic islands. And the weather is really rough down there. Um, so Rahina mentioned um, disease and weather and that stuff. Um, that's really a challenge down there. It's much milder climate up here. Um, so them returning up here, there's much more food, kai available um, for them too. Um, yeah, so main reason they're endangered um, is because they've been hunted to a really, really low population um, compared to what they used to be. But now we're seeing climate change, we're seeing um, urban development, um, we're seeing lack of food, um, a lot of things as well play in. Yeah. Yeah, and in the um, Discover More section of the website, um, I touch on some dangers around commercial fishing, although I know that there's work done to mitigate the effects of that, but not only is it taking their food sources, sometimes they get accidentally caught. So yeah, this is a tough world out there. That's why we need yeah, to- Yeah, and I mean, I'd like just add to that as well, um, that um, the kake, the female sea lions, only have one pup per year. Mm. Um, it's not like they have a whole, whole big number so they can only increase a small amount each year um, and those pups are really reliant on their mums for the first year of their life so if anything happens to the mum the pup might not survive uh, so we really have to look up after the mums and their pups in that first year of that pup's life. Kia ora yeah that slow breeding can can it makes things take time populations takes time to recover Okay, well, let's go back to Rye Valley Area School for your second question, please. Nice and clear. Hello, my name is Amandine, and my question is, has climate, climate change made a difference? 
Kia ora. Um, great question. Could absolutely hear it very clear. Thank you. Um, yes, it has made a difference. It definitely has. Um, so do you guys know what some of the main things with climate change is? What's happening in the oceans? And just yell it out. What's happening out there? Getting warmer. Yeah, it's getting warmer. Absolutely. So it's getting warmer and it's actually also getting more acidic. I mean, so it's, it's kind of, you know, how acid works, it can burn through things. So that's happening in the ocean too. Um, so when the Moana kind of changes that way, all the available Kaimoana that's, that's there also kind of changes. So we're seeing a big effect on some of our crustaceans, those like crabs, crayfish. Um, we're seeing a lot of effect to some of our seaweed and algae as well. So the whole whole food web is kind of changing. And that means that Pakake also has to kind of try and shift around what they're eating themselves and what they're foraging. So we we know that we probably are gonna see that kind of effect, but it's still getting, getting uh, researched. So this year, there's actually been a whole bunch of people that have been down. They've looked at the Pakake in the Southern Arctic, but they've also collected their uh, poo and their vomit, and they're gonna look through what they're eating and then compare to what they were eating 30 years ago, which is gonna be really cool. It sounds disgusting, but it's actually really cool research. Um, I can see the faces kind of twitching. Um, and then on top of that, we get extreme weather. Um, some of the islands that they live on, that there's hundreds and hundreds of them on, are tiny and not very tall. And we're seeing really big waves in the Pacific. And we're seeing extreme weather, they're getting cold. Um, so they need to, to be a bit more rough and, and be a bit more um, what do you call it? resilient um, to the seas and stuff in order to survive down there than what they used to be. Um, yeah, Rahina, do you want to? add some stuff in. No, you've done a great job. But just thinking um, in, in like Otipoti where we are as well, um, just like Hannah was saying earlier, with all of the building that we've done right on the um, sea's edge, as, the, as sea level rise happens, it means again, like it's eating away at the areas where sea lions have their habitat. And there's a big conflict, I guess, between people who want to build up their spaces so that they can continue to live on the coast um, and making space for this species, this amazing Tonga species that's coming back to the mainland. Hmm. Kia ora. Okay, Omako, uh, question number two. <laughs> Kia my name is Brendan, and my question is, how do sea lions communicate with each other? Thanks very much, I love that question. Yeah, kia ora rhythm. Um, okay, so sea lions, they um, make lots of noises. Um, the males will like bark and huff at each other, and they'll kind of have these, these tussles, like play fighting, like, you know, I don't know, your brothers, cousins might fight with each other. They do that too. Um, that's So that's the male sea lions, the whakahau, and they have different names in te reo Māori. The female sea lions, kake, um, they also make noises, but one thing that's really unique about them is they each have a unique voice when they're calling out to their pups. So it's a kind of trilling sound. It's like... Um, but they're all different and their pups can recognize that that sound. So the mum will go out to sea and then she'll come back and she'll try and find her pup. 
um, by by making a call. And in response, the pup will make a a ba a barring sound, a bit like a lamb, so that its mum can find it. Um, yeah, as well as uh, the pups, when they're a little bit older, they'll get together and they'll do play fighting as well. And something that I found really, I found out recently that I thought was really cool is that um, adult sea lions have the brain size of a 10-year-old human. So those of you that are 10 years old out there, um, you've got the same size brain as a sea lion. Yeah, I watched that Blackfish documentary the other day on Netflix about um, orca and how how they with their brain size, and, and I guess it's the same with a lot of those larger mammals. They're they're intelligent species. Um, so of course these guys look very intelligent, don't they? Same brain size as a sea lion. Um, where are we up to? Question number three from Rye Valley Area School, please. Hello, my name is William, and my question is, does the dog or anyone else do anything to keep the sea lion mums and pups safe when they are away from the sea? Thank you. Oh, Kilda. Um, yeah, they do lots of things um, to help keep mums and their pups safe. So when pups are born, which is usually from around Christmas and December onwards, Christmas, New Year's, and early the pups are all being born here on the mainland and um, my um, people at DOC as well as the Sea Lion Trust will get contacted when people find these sea lion pups which are like Hannah said sometimes born in people's backyards um, and one thing that DOC does is um, they put up up signs on the beaches to ask people to keep their dogs on leashes because when lots of people walk their dogs on the beach especially during the summer and dogs have lots of different behaviours. Um, some some dogs are known to go and sniff out a sea lion, um, and if it's a really small sea lion, they might um, try and play with it, which could mean that it picks up that sea lion pup and shakes it around, which which could be really damaging to the pup. So in Dunedin, the bylaws actually change in the summer, so you're required to keep your dog on a leash when you go to the beach if there's one of those signs up that say that there's a sea lion pup on the beach. Um, other things, um, we've noticed lots of sea lion mums um, crossing roads because there's lots of roads on the edge of the coast. Um, and so we've had people, we've had to like put up um, signs on the roads, but also get people to um, slow down on roads and sometimes even put fencing around the areas where they are so that they don't get run over. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about a little bit about what the Sea Lion Trust does, Hannah? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, a big thing that's actually coming up pretty soon is that uh, about half of the young pups and the mums that we have around um, will start to go to, we like to call the kindergarten together. Um, so they meet up and they socialize up until now, the pups have mostly been by themselves with their mums, they might have had a couple of visitors once in a while, but they're very, um, very just themselves while they learn to swim and, and play around. Um, but the big socialization comes up 
where, you know, just like you guys, when you start going to kindergarten and school, it's about learning to be around other people and working with other people. Um, and the same with, with the pakake, that's when they learn to interact with each other. Um, so they're all going to, well, at least half of them are going to get together in, uh, in an inlet around here. Um, so that's a big thing is that the trust, we're going to go there and we're going to be as much as we can to kind of educate people because everyone kind of knows in the area that they're coming. So people that come to visit, we talk to them, we chat about how to, as Dalheno was mentioning, like keep your dogs on lead and, and what the different calls and behaviors mean. So we're just there to kind of chat to people and help them with any issues, um, but also all the curiosity that people have around them. Yeah. You know, the big message that uh, Mike from the sea lion trust was act boring if you're around sea lions <laughs> which was um which was something that stuck in my mind yeah don't don't try to engage and interact with them because they'll uh they'll jump at the chance by the sounds of it okay so we're up to question number three from umako school Right, Ruben, my name is Ruben, and what happens when sea lions get sick? Thanks, Ruben. Good question. Kia ora, Ruben. Um, yeah, really good question. They can be sick in many different ways. Um, so they can get the flu like us, um, and just like us, you know, sometimes you just got to rest for a bit, and then you get better after a while once it gets through. Um, they also get uh, attacked sometimes, like bite scars. It can be from each other if they play a fight. Um, but we've also seen that some of uh, the sharks that are around can sometimes have a bite of a sea lion. And I had heard from a lot of people that sea lions are really good at, at bouncing back, that a pakake that was hurt, you know, it, it will most likely be fine. Um, and it wasn't until I think it was last year or the year before that we had one come up on the shore that had a massive bite down the side from a big white pointer, a big great white shark. Um, and it only took a few months and it was all healed up. And you can see, you can see the intestinal organs in there. It was incredible. So they're really hardy. They're really hardy species. They can bounce back from many things, but because what we talked about, what happens with climate change, new diseases and viruses are popping up as well. And for you to fight the flu yourself, if you get sick, you have to be healthy otherwise. You have to get the right kind of food. You have to drink heaps of water. So you have to be healthy. And then if you get the flu, you'll be fine. But if you're already unhealthy, if you're already eating a lot of fast food or you, you know, aren't getting enough exercise, then it's harder to fight off diseases. And the same goes with the pakake. And that is that they need to be healthy overall in order to fight off little um, diseases. And, and right now we do have some population that just in general aren't that healthy that we would like them to be. Thanks, Hannah. Okay, so let's move back to uh, Rye Valley uh, for question four, please. Hello, my name is Annie, and my question is, question is do Pakeke hunt in traveling groups? Did you hear that one okay? Just deciding who's the answering it. <laughs> Um, thank you. Yes, yeah, so we actually don't know heaps about it yet. Uh, we know that a lot of the local ones that are up here, that they forage and find their kai a bit by themselves and they have favorite places that they go to. Um, but there's right now, like right now, there are people that are down in the Southern Arctic Islands where, again, the majority of Pakake is. And they're actually put in GPS lockers 
on, on some of the ones down there. So they're looking at where they're going because um, we know that that they do travel to some of the same areas um, like they but they don't they don't hunt in packs like orcas, for example, do. At least we haven't seen that behavior yet. It's really important to know that when it comes to anything that we know about species, just because we haven't seen it yet doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Um, so maybe they do. We could be that we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, really good question. And it's a question that we're still trying to answer. Yeah, because you'd kind of think they would, you know, because they, they like to interact with, with humans. So you'd think they'd be social amongst themselves, you know, like other large mammals in the sea, which, you know, travel in pods and, and that sort of thing and hunt together, like you mentioned the orca and and, and others like the, the um, you know, some of those whales and that sort of thing. So yeah, it'd be interesting to find find the results, find out what the results of that research is. Thanks, Hannah. Another good question. Uh, Omako School, have you got number four for us, please? Yeah, mate. Um, Kiola, my name is Nika, and do sea lions have the self defence um like mode, like when they're threatened? Thanks, Nico. Kiola. Nico, I think I'm answering this one. Um, they sure do. Um, and the thing with sea lions, I don't know if any of you have have pet dogs or dogs at home and know how how they can respond and give them a fright or something. Um, they're not usually they won't run away. Um, they will um, stand their ground and and pakaki are a bit the same. So. All like most of the time when you see a sea lion on land, it's often sleeping. It's often chilling out on the beach. You can just go around it, stay a distance away, and it won't be disturbed at all. Um, but if someone or something really tries to make it kind of wake up and stuff, it can get pretty grumpy. Um, one behavior that we see in the in the sea lions is something we call a bluff charge. It will try and play with you because they're really curious, right? And they're not scared of people. So it will try and play with you, but it'll do that by running really, really quickly towards you and trying to make you run away. Um, and this can be a really scary experience. I've had it happen to myself. Um, and yeah, the best thing to do in that situation is not make eye contact with it and stay as still as possible. Um, that's hard to do because you've got a really big creature running full throttle towards you um, but it's called a bluff charge because about a meter away it will flop down on the ground if you don't interact with it in any way. Um, sea lions have really different behavior from fur seals for example because fur seals if they're threatened their response is to go run away from you and go straight into the sea. Um, yeah. yeah I think I think that's does that answer your question? I think. Yeah, no, that's that sounds good. Um, the bluff charge. Yeah, who's brave enough to stay and wait until it gets a meter away from you? Because <laughs> I think my self-defense mechanism is to take off. Um uh Rye Valley, we've got your final question this morning, please. Well, um, yeah, so male and female pakake are really different in appearance, the especially the fully grown males. Um, and the fully growing females. So female males are big. They can grow to 450 kgs, which is um, 
that's it's really big um and they're a lot darker in appearance um they've got a big mane a kind of hairy mane that's why in english sea lions they're like the mane of the sea lion those big male sea lions um females are a lot lighter they've got a kind of goldy tan um uh here um and the thing is that young male sea lions can look a lot like the females before those males are fully grown. And we can't really tell the difference from, from a distance away between male and female pups. Um, but yeah, so it's you you kind of um the the researchers, the scientists who go and look at them, they'll be able to find tell you whether they're a male or a female. Um, but those big male and female sea lions are really different. And that's why in Māori, they got given different names. They got given the name Whakahau for the male and Kake for the female. Thanks, Rohina. Yeah, females, females grow to about, yeah, um, 150, 160 kgs when they're fully grown. So very, very different. Gosh, quite a lot nice. smaller. Mm. All right, Omako School, your final partai. I think we will have to make that our last one. Um, we just reached the half hour mark, and I know our guests have got pressing matters. Right, Evan, go. Okay, big voice. Kia ora, my name is Evan, and my question is, is where do sea lions come in the food chain, and what is their main predator? Thanks, Evan. Evan, um, thank you. I'll try and make this short, but you asked me just the kind of question that I can go on for minutes and minutes. So <laughs> aim to make it short because um, the simple answer is that they're a predator. So they eat other animals, um, but they actually eat a lot of animals from different levels of the food chain. So even though they're what we call apex predator, um, they eat both teeny tiny krill like shrimps. Um, they eat crabs. They even eat um, sometimes fur seal pups. So something tiny, tiny, and some really, and sometimes they eat plankton as well. We see them eating some plankton, which is tiny things that are floating around. Um, so they kind of play in many different ways in the food web. Um, but their main predator themselves um, that we see around here is absolutely the great white shark. Yeah, great white shark. If there's fossil colonies or there's um, like kekano or there's pakake around, then we, we often see them too, yeah. What about orca? Yeah, so orca we know definitely goes for um for kekino. Um, I'm unsure about pakake rahina. Do you know if there's any evidence on that yet? <laughs> um, I know orca can go for pakake, whether that's eating them or just causing some injury I'm not sure so there's lots of things that we don't know um, and I guess you know if you're interested in becoming a, a pakake researcher in the future there's there's opportunities to do that um, it, it might be something that you're interested in yeah that's great I mean you know you sometimes think oh we know everything there is to know and there's a lot of information on the website which I will point you to the discover more pages particularly um, uh, Omiko, I, I know you had more questions. We we just don't have time to answer them this morning. Some of those will be able to be answered uh, through the Discover More section of the website. But um, yeah, isn't it great to know that there's opportunities for you to discover these things and be part of future research? 
and there's so many we've covered so many different topics this morning um, not just about pakaki but all of those factors in the environment that affect them and so there's there's lots of research that can be done in other fields which will you know which will help us find out information about how these mammals are behaving and and reacting to those challenges so uh first of all thank you very much to our experts this morning Rohina and Hannah so good to have your time this morning and your and your great responses and a big thank you to our speaking schools and our listening schools some great partai there which i'm sure you will spend some time digesting the answers from and again this will be recorded so you'll be able to access the recording and have a listen to yourselves and and do some further research and whatever else you're doing with with this field trip so it's great to have you involved anybody want to say anything before we call it a day from either of our schools um just a really big thank you from rye valley yeah we learned lots it was really good very welcome. Omako. Awesome. Uh well you can all unmute now and say a big goodbye because that brings the filtered web conference to an end. Bye everybody. Have a great day.